Hi, everybody. Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Lockdown Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Locked On Blue Devils podcast. My name is J.J. Jackson, and I hope that you're doing well here today on this Thursday, May 11th, 2023. If you haven't done so already, please be sure to follow Lockdown Blue Devils for free wherever you get your podcasts. You can leave us a five-star rating and review. Watch the show daily each and every day on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button to our YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils, and you can see all of my updates on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. On today's show, it's time we start looking ahead to the fall and what this football season will look like for Mike Elko as his team gets set for his second year of leadership, taking over that Duke football program. And so who better to have on the program than my pal Josh Cox from Duke Football Talk's Section 17 podcast. You're always down to talk a little Duke football, man. Always, man. That's, that's, the, uh, <clears throat> that's the go-to. That's the number one for sure. All right, so here we are. We talked about uh, post-spring a little bit, what this team was looking like this time of year. We gave folks a quick a recap of uh, the spring game and what the position groups were looking like, and you guys went in much more detail. But, again, if we were to take a look at 2022 and just how pleased you were with the first year of Mike Elko, how surprised maybe you were at how well it went, because personally I was really surprised. I still thought going into last season – Duke was going to finish below the bowl game minimum of six wins. And, uh, yeah, totally surprised they were able to get the job done and play as well as they did. I mean, yeah, I, I picked them to go four and eight, I believe. Uh, and so, you know, we all believed in the in the Mike Elko hire. There's no question about that. I believe everyone was like, you know, trusted uh, Nina King and, and the decision makers. But we were expecting a little bit of a uh, of a slower progression. If you remember back when uh, David Cutcliffe was hired, <clears throat> it took him three to four seasons before he was able to cross over that uh, threshold to get to a bowl game. So I was expecting something similar to that. And, man, did we not flip it over quickly. And that that says a lot about Coach Elko and the staff that he brought in. But it also does say a lot about the, the landscape of college athletics in general right now where you really can, you really can flip the script a little quicker with the portal and with the way things work uh, now. But, yeah, definitely did not expect 9-4. and four. I think any logical Duke fan uh, – I don't think there's any logical Duke fan that said, I thought we would go 8-4 and four and win a bowl game and go 9-4. and four. I, I don't think any logical Duke fan thought that. But, man, they came out and proved us wrong. Yeah, they did. Really fun to watch what they did last season. And it started at the quarterback position. When you've got that question answered, you're feeling good about a variety of different things. So, I teased it in the open – here what today's episode of Lockdown Blue Devils. And if you're watching us on YouTube, you've got the luxury right now as we're going to scroll the schedule across the bottom of the screen. We'll verbalize that for folks that are definitely listening to our podcast right now. But again, Josh, a new rule in the ACC is in place. Three opponents to be played on an annual basis. And then as more teams have joined the league, you're going to be able to rotate more frequently to schools that you don't go to as often, correct? We've always had this coastal and Atlantic division model, and now we've got a bit of a tweak, and Duke's going to see three teams very often now. Yeah, and Duke got the – the. Uh, I love the fact that Duke got the three North Carolina schools. You know, NC State, UNC, Wake Forest will be 
Duke's opponents every single season. Um, and then what it assures you is that every other year, so every two years, you will play uh, every team in the conference with that 5-5 uh, schedule. And then you'll rotate, obviously, your home and away uh, on those every other years. Uh, but, yeah, so Duke will play teams that they haven't seen a lot of. They haven't seen a lot of Florida State. Um, and they'll see Florida State this season. They haven't seen a lot of NC State. They'll see NC State this season. And so it's really good. I believe it's it's also getting rid of the divisions will ensure that the best two teams in the conference are in Charlotte for the ACC championship game. There have been seasons where the Atlantic division had probably the best two teams in the conference, but Clemson was the only representative, you know what I mean? Because they were a game ahead or two games ahead. So this will, if you win the ACC championship from here on out, it is because you legitimately were one of the top two teams made it to Charlotte and won that game. Love that. So we've got, obviously, on the schedule, you will see NC State, Wake Forest, and, of course, the North Carolina Tar Heels that we've got on that annual basis. So, all right, let's get into it. As we mentioned, it is May 11th. We do have tons of time to talk about these games, and we're going to go in much detail about every single one throughout the summer. But what we'll do right now is kind of divide the season up into thirds, as we love to see. So, Josh, tell us the first four games on the schedule for Duke and highlight what jumps out to you just about the bunch. All right, so the first four games, we have uh, three straight home games to, to kick off the season. Uh, okay. Clemson comes to Duke for that big game that everyone knows about, uh, Labor Day that Monday night, nationally televised, the only game on at that time slot. Uh, then a uh, quick turnaround to that following Saturday, Lafayette comes to Durham. Then Northwestern, which is seems like we've had – a really long uh, series with them, and I believe it will continue uh, talking to some of the football office. I believe the, the goal is for that to continue. Uh, they will come to Durham, and then we go up to UConn, uh, to Connecticut, on the fourth, uh, the fourth game of the season. So that, that, will, that takes us uh, straight through the month of September. Obviously, there's a fifth Saturday in September. We'll talk about that one on the second, uh, the second segment of games. But, yeah, what stands out, uh, JJ, in this one is – that Duke begins the season not only with an ACC opponent, which would have been unique. Right. Typically, Duke stacks the first four weeks with its non-con. Uh, but it's it's not just any ACC squad. It's the Clemson Tigers, the the class of the ACC for the last five to six years. Uh, Dabo Sweeney has them perennially in the top five, perennially in the college football playoff conversation. Uh, they have gone through a lot of turnover and changes. You know, uh, if you follow college football at all, last couple of seasons, they've lost uh, Brett Venables. Uh, they lost Tony Elliott. They've lost both of their coordinators. They hired a new offensive coordinator last year, let him go at the end of his first season and brought in uh, the guy from TCU. So they have they made some changes. There's been some quarterback issues um, a little bit uh, there. Uh, you know, DJU transferring out, Ken yep. Klubnick, now their starter. Uh, but all that, all that to say – Duke begins the season with um, a very high-profile game, a national spotlight game, a game that many people on the Clemson side are viewing as almost a trap game. Um, and so that is unique about the schedule. Uh, UConn and Lafayette are two new uh, teams uh, to the schedule. That'll be interesting. UConn went to a bowl game last year. Let's not think that UConn is just a pushover yeah. uh, team. So I would say for this first one, uh, JJ, it's very important that Duke comes out of this 
you know, if they want to, if they want to be successful, three and one, uh, they've got to come out of these first four games with at least three wins. Yeah, you've got several at home, as you mentioned. They are so significant that an ACC game starts the season on a Monday, short week, and then you've got a game on Saturday, and then the final game of this four-game pocket is the first road test. And anytime you take a new team each and every year on the road, that are inherent challenges that are in place, and Duke's got to be ready for that. All right, let's take our first time out of today's show, and we'll continue our conversation here in just a moment. Lockdown Blue Devils here today is brought to you by Built Bar. Are you looking for a delicious snack but don't want all the sugar and calories? Then you need the best-tasting protein bar ever. Built, you got to try this. These bars are healthy and taste amazing. They taste so amazing that you won't think that these Built Bars are good for you, and yet they are. That's why you got to try them. For starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Yeah, that's right, real chocolate. And they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and cookies and cream. Cookies and cream is my favorite. Go try it. I promise you, you won't regret that decision. They're healthy because these bars are only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and whopping 17 grams of protein. You can now order them and pick them up in person at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. As always, we encourage you to go to Built.com to place your order today online. But if you would like to, you're able to go to your Walmart today, walk into the pharmacy section, and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate bar, and coconut puff. Or if you're close to a Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with our hit flavors, brownie batter puff and churro puff. You can thank me later. Built Bar is a proud sponsor of Locked On Blue Devils. Moving forward here on today's episode of Lockdown Blue Devils, J.J. Jackson, alongside my pal Josh Cox from Duke Football Talks Section 17 podcast. I said it a moment ago, my friend, we've got tons of time until the season's going to get here. Did want to get an earlier look at the schedule, so more conversations set to be had. However, if Duke fans want more of a football fix, they really need to check out your podcast, right? The Section 17 podcast from Duke Football Talk, wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, absolutely. We'd love to have you come over. We try to do our best to give good information, uh, as much inside information as we can. Um, and, yeah, we, we are football forward. And so uh, at the end of the day, uh, we know Duke plays some some other sports, we've heard. Uh, but uh, but we try to focus really there on the football program, what Mike Elko is doing, what his staff's doing, and then hopefully this year, you know, building upon that successful season they had uh, in 2022. Excited to see what they're going to be able to do this upcoming season and to hear more conversations that you guys have throughout the week as the season nears. And we'll continue to have more Duke football talk as we get closer to the season. So we take a look at the uh, middle section of games, middle um, third of the schedule. Four games are up. We just left people with a cliffhanger of their their first road trip at UConn. So tell me a little bit about this next pocket and then a big thought about the group. I mean, give let me big give you the big yikes, man. This is a rough. This is a tough one, as you well know. Before I get to that, I mean, the Duke football schedule this season um, just is very difficult. Nine of the twelve teams that Duke will play this year went to a bowl game last year. Uh, there are not many cupcakes. Beginning with the fact that our fifth game, September the thirtieth, is at home to Notre Dame. That is not considered a conference game that's not an ACC game that is a a non-con game so Notre Dame 
at home to NC State. As a, there's a bye week in between there, by the way. Um, and then at Florida State, who is going to begin the season more than likely in the top five. And then at Louisville. And so Louisville's got a new coach. There's a lot going on there. Yeah. Um, but a very difficult uh, schedule here. Um, five out of the first six games, uh, they are home games. Uh, so that's something to look at. Um, there are a total of seven home games uh, this season that will be played at Wallace Wade Stadium. But Notre Dame coming to town, I mean, Notre Dame is uh, – we know the pedigree. We know uh, the history. Uh, we also know that that Duke has had some success, uh, whether winning games against Notre Dame or, or even just you know keeping that game tighter than what people would think. Uh, a familiar foe will be – Quarterback uh, there in, in South Bend was Sam Hartman, transferred uh, from Wake Forest. So Duke is very uh, familiar with Sam Hartman and his game. Uh, but that's going to be a great game. Another one similar to Clemson. This is going to be a packed out Wallace Wade Stadium. It's going to be one of those atmospheres. Uh, you know, who, who knows what time that game will be, but it'll probably be in more of a primetime spot. And so that's a big game for the program. And then NC State coming to Durham, man. That's, I think, Duke fans and state fans for that matter. You know, the fact that they would sometimes go five seasons right, without playing one another. Uh, I mean, they're 30 minutes away. Like, that's just – that doesn't make any sense. Um, and so, having NC State on the schedule, Brennan Armstrong transferring in from Virginia, teaming up with his former offensive coordinator that he had so much success under while he was at Virginia, um, that's going to be uh, an interesting task. They lost a lot of weapons there in Raleigh to the NFL draft and the uh, transfers and things like that. So it'll be interesting to see who he's throwing the ball to, how that all works. And then we're making this one. Uh, we're making the the trip on this one, JJ, to Florida State. At least a couple of us are. Perfect. Uh, down to to uh, to watch a game there in Tallahassee. Um, just the history. And I've said this before. I'll continue to say it. The ACC is at its best when Florida State is elite. Uh, Clemson, I can agree with you, yeah. But we are at our best in the ACC when Florida State is elite. And so they're going to be. I mean, Jordan Travis, and he's just the quarterback. I mean, that, that roster is full. Yeah. Legit, legitimate players. Uh, but Jordan Travis leading the way there at quarterback. Uh, you know, you're going to hear Heisman talk uh, about Jordan Travis. You're going to hear, you know, ACC Player of the Year talk around Jordan Travis as long as he stays healthy. And then Louisville. Not much that we know for sure about Louisville. Um you know, hopefully by this time of the season, things have panned out to where, you know, this might be a little bit of an easier – it's definitely going to be an easier game than Florida State. Sure. Uh, so, we'll see about that uh, going up there to Louisville to play that game. And so, I would say this, J.J., if you look at these four games, I mentioned the first four, three and one. If you look at these four games, I don't know about you, if, if Duke walks out of there two and two – I believe that's a success. Yeah, they should feel really good if that's the case. I'd agree with you for sure. Yeah, Louisville, of course, has uh, Jeff Brom, who was at Purdue the last several seasons. Jeff Brom returns to his alma mater to be the coach there. Uh, and then we, we briefly touched on this a moment ago. And, again, if you're watching us on YouTube, you see the schedule racing by there on the bottom of the screen. But, Josh, go back to this for a second. Five games are played and then the bye week for Duke the first Saturday in October. Do you like that? Do you wish it was a little bit later in the year? Or what, what did you think of where the bye week fell? 
I, I, I think the bye week fell at a, at a great spot for Duke. I mean, about as good think, as it could. Yeah. Yeah. Your first five games, two of them are against Notre Dame and Clemson. You know, th- those games, not only are they difficult games to win, those are difficult games because of the physicality, those are difficult games to come out of healthy, uh, to be honest with you. And so I believe having that bye week after Notre Dame uh, is very important. Get some guys that will more than likely be banged up will, will have a week to get back and ready for that NC State game. And so I think it, it, it landed at the perfect time. Let's get set for the final third of the season, the final group of four games set to be played by Duke football, and we'll do that after our final timeout here on today's show. Once today's show comes to a close, I highly encourage you to go check out Locked On College Basketball. I'm talking about this podcast all the time because I love it so much. It's great hosts within our network and on our team, and Isaac Shade and Andy Patton. They do an amazing job of taking you across college basketball, telling you about the transfer portal this time of year. It's May 11th. It's the last day for guys to get in there. Big things are happening. Big storylines are being discussed. Joe Girard is transferring from Syracuse to Clemson, staying in the ACC. I mean, a lot of good conversations are being talked about on Locked On College Basketball, wherever you find your podcasts and on YouTube. Make sure you go check it out. Last few moments here on today's episode of Lockdown Blue Devils. J.J. Jackson alongside my pal Josh Cox from Duke Football Talks Section 17 podcast. All right, so just four games left for us to go over. Uh, we're eight games into the season, and we left off with back-to-back road games to Florida State and to Louisville. So, Josh, let's quickly go through these last four and a thought on uh, just the group as a whole. All right, Duke finishes the season once again, as you mentioned at the beginning of the podcast. This unique uh, or this new scheduling format, three five five. So, uh, but these final four games are familiar foes for Duke. These are teams that Duke uh, played every season in the previous schedule rotation, yeah. and so Duke uh, begins the month of November. Which Coach Elko, you remember him saying this a lot last year. You'll hear him again this year. We want to be playing meaningful football in the month of November. That's the goal. Uh, Wake Forest comes to Duke on November second. Um, once again, they'll have a, they have a new quarterback. And they're going to be it'll be interesting to see where they're at at this point in the season. Duke takes the eight mile journey to Chapel Hill uh, to take on UNC on November the eleventh. Uh, they make the trip to Charlottesville the following week to UVA, uh, which um, last season was a was a huge win for Duke. And then Pittsburgh comes to town. That's Thanksgiving weekend. That's always a tough one. Crowd is difficult that weekend, and rightfully so, and, and understandably because of the holiday. Uh, so that final game at home um, on, on a holiday weekend is a tough one. Uh, but Wake Forest, UNC, Virginia, and Pittsburgh, three of those four obviously were our Coastal Division foes, and then Wake Forest was our every year uh, game from the Atlantic Division. And so uh, familiar foes for Duke. Looking at this, UNC obviously brings back Drake May, um, who was, you know, hands down uh, just an incredible uh, quarterback last year. You think of him, you think of Jordan Travis. Those are the two guys that you really think of leading. And I think Riley Leonard falls right in under those guys, in my opinion, uh, as quarterbacks in the league. 
So those those are going to you know Drake May is going to be difficult. Obviously, he lost a lot of weapons. Got Josh Downs and others that have taken off to the pros. Different things like that. Um, Virginia, I mean, who knows? You know, at this point, Virginia got off to a really slow start in yep. the Tony Elliott area. A really era, really slow start. Uh, Brennan Armstrong just did not fit in that system. Uh, there's some uh, probably a, a little bit of a, a quarterback battle that's going to happen there in Charlottesville. Musket and a couple of other guys uh, there are in the mix. Uh, should be interesting to see who wins that job, and it'll be interesting to see, you know, if Tony Elliott gets that uh, program back where it and you head in the right direction, and then uh, Pittsburgh, um, you know, you it'll be a new quarterback. Correct me if I'm wrong, Yurkovic, uh Yes, transferred in from Boston College. Um, and so he will be there. We know this, man. Pitt is hard-nosed. They play incredibly, incredibly tough defense. They typically can run the football like nobody else. Last year it was Israel Banacanda, who has moved on, I believe, into the NFL, which is wonderful news for for, uh, for ACC uh, football fans. Uh, but they, they will reload. And so you look at those games, though, J.J., if Duke wants to have – the successful season that they want, uh, they need to come out of that. Honestly, I mean, that they could come out of those games depending on how things are going. Four and zero. Every single one of those games are winnable football games. Um, I believe it's a, a success if they come out three and one. And so, right. what I've basically put out without giving official numbers here, I've put out coming out three and one, coming out two and two. And coming out three and one. So to me, if this program finishes the season eight and four like it did last season, this will it may be the same record, but with this schedule, that will be an absolutely incredible feat by this program, this coaching staff, and that Duke football roster. And so if Duke can do that, I agree. Eight and four, I mean, this uh, we we said it on our podcast, if we do that at Duke. In 2023, back the Brinks truck up to the Elko <laughs> residence and say, "What do you need for an extension?" Yeah, please stay uh, here. We got to keep this going. If it, yeah, because yeah. listen, everybody yeah. else is going to come calling for Mike Elko for sure. Nothing against last year's schedule, but really, there was really one quality win, and that was Wake Forest. If you want to say Miami, uh, possibly is a quality win, but really only two quality wins that whole schedule. That was a weak, very weak schedule last season. If Duke replicates its record this year. With this schedule, I mean that will be that, that's next level. And we're optimistic. Sure. We think they certainly can do that. So, Josh, this has been fun. This was just a teaser. It's May. Yep. We had to kind of break down the football schedule a little bit, so we'll have more in-depth thoughts. And again, go check out the Section Seventeen podcast. Yeah, and let me just say this: if you're following and keeping up with the transfer portal and guys that are no longer with the program and whatnot, it looks like Duke has opened up four scholarship spots. Uh, that they can hit the transfer portal. And so be looking for that. There's a lot of talk about safety. There's a lot of talk about linebacker and a lot of talk about offensive line. And so just keep your eyes open in the offseason. Looks like Duke's going to at least get four guys coming in and take those final four scholarships. Plus a few more high school seniors that have yet to arrive on campus. We've got a lot of big things coming there for uh, the football program. Josh, it's great to see you as always. We'll do this again soon, okay? JJ, have a good one, man. We'll see you later. That's my pal Josh Cox from Duke Football Talks Section 17 Podcast joining us here on today's show. That's going to do it for Lockdown Blue Devils here today. As always, go Duke. I'll talk to you tomorrow. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you, and good day.